0: CHAPTER FIFTEEN OF THE BROKEN Rosary BY GRACE AND HAROLD JOHNSON This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Fifteen. Dan was locking his car door at 7.15 Monday morning, as he parked at the rear of the dispatch building. He had his bag with him, all set to leave as soon as he got his boss's okay. If it weren't for the expense angle, he'd take off on his own. He felt so certain that the answer to the Brighton case was to be found in Harlem, Missouri. In the editorial rooms on the second floor, he saw John Dove, the city editor, already at his desk. Dan recalled how he had told Mary he'd rather ask Dove than Falls. Now that he was here in the city room, he realized there was little choice. Both men could be crusty hard. Dove was short, plump, fifty, and bald. His small, blue eyes were deep-set in a very round face. When Dan stopped beside his desk, he looked up across a litter of papers. Yes? The cold plain monosyllable prodded Dan like the muzzle of a gun. How should he begin? Should he come out directly and ask to be sent to Harlow, or should he take the gradual approach and lead up to it? He decided on the latter. Did you read my story on Sam Brighton? he asked. Duff put his hand into a wire basket at the corner of his desk and brought out what Dan recognized as the copy he'd written the previous night. The editor snapped a finger against the papers. You did a good job on this. I'm giving you a byline. Thanks, but I didn't come here for a pat on the back. I've got some pretty definite ideas about the murder of Wally Brighton and the attempt on Sam's life. The smile Dove forced was as artificial as dime store paper flowers. I suppose you gave them to the police? I told Wilkes. Dove fiddled with some papers on his desk and then gave Dan a quick up-from-under look. I suppose he's acting on them? "'No, sir, he doesn't see.' "'So he's stupid,' Dove cut in. "'I didn't say that. I—' "'But you think so,' Dove interrupted again. "'No, I don't.' A note of anger crept into Dan's voice. "'I like Wilkes, and I think he likes me, "'but we look at the things that have been happening in a different light. "'I look at them the way Sam Brighton did.' "'How is Sam this morning?' "'I phoned the hospital as soon as I got up, "'and they reported that he's still unconscious.' A long moment Word by on the electric clock, on the wall above Dove's head. The editor placed both hands flat on the desk. And just what was Sam's idea about his brother's death? It was more of a hunch than an idea, Dan said. He then went into the details of how Sam thought the solution to the mystery lay in Harlow, Missouri. Dove lifted his hands from the desk and made a steeple of his fingers. And you say Sam told a number of people that he intended to go to Harlow? Yes, sir. Dove wrecked the steeple of fingers and put his hands back on the desktop. And these people told others, until soon the whole town knew it, including the person or persons who attempted to kill him. I suppose so. Dan wished that Dove would quit his stalling. Dove smiled very thinly and primly, and rubbed his chin with a pudgy finger. And now you've got the idea that I should send you down to Harlow in his place. Well, yes, I thought. There was a time, O'Hara, Dove cut in, when we wouldn't have delayed long enough to give the idea a second thought, we'd have packed you off on the run. That was in the good old days, when there were two newspapers in this town. We made the news then. Had to in order to beat the opposition. There was a lot of snap, and. Zev stopped short with his usual directness and dismissed the shadows of the past from his mind and concentrated on the present. It's a job for the police, O'Hara. We report the news now, not make it. Two murders and one attempted in less than three days is serious,' Dan said. "'It seems—' "'Sure, it's serious,' Dove cut in. "'But I believe it's a chance for the dispatch to do something for the citizens of Merton.' "'If you discover the murderer, yes.' "'I believe I can, if given the chance,' Dan said. "'Dove didn't say anything for a moment, just tilted back in his chair—' Of late we seem to have had an influx of hoodlums and fast dollar-boys from New York, Chicago, and Detroit. Do you suppose Wally and Sam Brighton got mixed up some way with them?" Dan shook his head. "'I don't think so. I haven't seen or heard anything of that nature.' The city editor picked up a paper from his desk, studied it a few seconds, then laid it down. "'When can you leave?' "'I can get a plane from here at 8.25, which makes good connections with One Isle, Chicago, which would get me to St. Louis around noon. I should be able to get either a bus or train to Harlow, so that I'd make it by late afternoon. Dove leaned forward with his elbows on the desk. His eyes were serious and his voice lost its cold impersonal personal tone. On second thought, O'Hara, we'll give this case the old-time try. Take a couple of days, get yourself to Harlow as soon as you can, and make the most of your time. I'll expect you back on the job by Wednesday or Thursday. Good luck, and be careful." End of chapter 15